Welcome to the Global Citizen Life Podcast. Today on the show, we have Steve Didier. Very nice to meet you, Steve. Yeah, it's a pleasure meeting you as well. So can you tell us a little bit about um, your journey, kind of where where you were, where you started out, and where you are now? Oh, as far as my expat journey. Um, I... I started being a, almost a full-time expat about a little over 10 years ago. It was in 2013. I had a I had a big real estate business in Las Vegas and I got wiped out in a crash and did a few things that and I was like, you know what? Finally, I, I went through a divorce and everything else. So I was like, you know what? I'm not tied down by anything anymore. So I put I basically put my dog and two suitcases, a box in my car, and we just drove south. Um, I, I ended up in Playa del Carmen, Mexico, about an hour south of Cancun. And yeah, I've been pretty much on the road ever since then. I was in Mexico for six years, five years. No, six. Okay, so Good Lord. I can't remember. About six <laughs> I know years. sometimes it's hard to think when we go back. It's like, how long was I there again? <laughs> yeah, I was. And then I went back to Las Vegas. That's where I was from. I went back to Las mm -hmm. Vegas because I actually met a girl in Mexico. Okay. And, you know, we hit it off. She was traveling solo. She was adventurous. I was like, oh, cool. We got along. And turns out she was from Vegas as well. So I ended up back in Vegas. But um, I was back. It didn't work out, obviously. So then I tried Phoenix for a little bit. And I was like, yeah, no, nah, I can't do this. I went back to Mexico. And then I decided to go further. So I'm currently in Thailand. Right now, I spent time in Southeast Asia, Thailand, Vietnam. So excellent. And so, how long have you been in Thailand? A total of about three months, with a okay. month out that I spent in Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam. I spent a month there, and then my visa expired. Had to come back here. Okay, excellent. I I definitely want to to visit Vietnam. It's very high on my bucket list of of travels amazing place you will not regret it excellent well maybe i'm thinking maybe in the in the winter because i hate winter and i'm currently um in montenegro which is in the the balkans of europe so it's it's a okay. very small country but it's beautiful um the population of the entire country is only six hundred fifty thousand people so it's quite small which has its pros and cons to being that small, but I do love it because I spend a lot of time in Barcelona as well. I've got residency there. Okay. Um, but Barcelona is so busy and it's always so busy. Yeah. And so it's a nice, easy, direct flight escape from busyness to quietness. But then after a while, I get bored. I'm like, I need the yep. busyness again. So I'm trying to to have that balance of... Find that, yeah, find that balance life. point. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. So when you when you first left and, and moved to Mexico, did you go through, you were there for six years, so were you kind of that perpetual tourist, or did you go through the residency program, or how how did you stay there for six years? I did a little bit of both. Okay. Mexico is, Mexico is kind of unique in that, you know, you can do the six-month tourist visa, mm -hmm. and then once you leave and come back, it just automatically renews. So I was going back to the U.S. more than once every six months, so it really never was a thing. But I believe it was like 2016, I started uh, working um, for sales for a company down there. And so I used ended up using that to get 
the temporary residency, which was good for a year, but I didn't, I didn't keep up with that um, gig anyway. So I went back to the every six months getting out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I did that as well. Initially when I first moved to um, Costa Rica, uh, mm. we did what we called the visa runs. Um, and so, you yep. know, there, there, there's some, there's pros and cons to, to living life that way. Um, you know, it's great that you can check out a place and if you like it, you can kind of keep coming back. But kind of one thing that made, they were starting to crack down on it a little bit within um, Costa Rica. But then of course, once the pandemic hit, if you're not legally allowed to be there, like that kind of was a bit of a, of a game changer, I think for, for people to really think about more, realize if something happens and we get stuck or a pandemic or whatever, like then you have to leave. Where do you go? Because if if it's been your quote home and you don't have another home, but now you have to leave or you stay illegally and you get caught, you get deported. Like it really kind of puts it can put you in a bit of a of a tough situation. It, it really can, especially in those places that really lock down hard. Like I have friends that were in Thailand when the pandemic hit and there was Nobody going in, nobody going out. It was locked down completely. And what they ended up doing, uh, there was a group of them. I think they were from Canada. You could do a charter plane. There were no commercial flights. So a big group of them got together and they all paid what they had to pay to cover like a private charter flight out. But that other net, they couldn't leave. Right. Yeah. So it's, it, it does. It, it did became a bit of a of a gray area, um, I think, because if you can't leave, but you can't, you're not legally there. It 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 puts people into a bit of a of an awkward situation. So, as I'm saying, like I I've, yeah. I've done the perpetual tourist thing, and um, when I first also moved to to Barcelona, I did it because I was traveling a lot, so I was allowed ninety out of every one hundred and eighty days. Um, and at first it was okay. Cause I'd be in for a couple of weeks out in for a month out for a month, but then after a while, it just, it gets exhausting. Yeah. So yeah, with, with Mexico, I didn't think it was that for me, it wasn't that big a deal. Right. Uh, making those visa runs because I was going back to the U S at least twice a year anyway, to visit family or what have you. So mm -hmm. I would just coordinate it right about 180 days and it wasn't that big a deal, but Mexico to the U.S. is one thing, you know. It's close. It's convenient, and 180 days, like every six months, it's it's yeah. easy. It's really yeah. it's it's easy to to just you know drive the few hours, hop on a quick flight. Um, it definitely is a lot easier than other places that have a shorter amount of time. But it's a great right. way as well for people to you know if they're unsure about maybe moving full time or. As we say in, in Canada, we have what we call the snowbirds, the ones who love to leave mm -hmm. for the winter, go down, spend six months there, go back if they want until they're ready to completely move or maybe never even completely move. Right. Yeah, we get a lot of snowbirds in the U.S. too. Because originally I grew up in Minnesota. So basically okay. it's like South Canada, you know, it's yeah. cold. <laughs> but there yeah. would be a bunch of people that would go winter in Arizona or Texas or mm -hmm. Nevada. So yeah, same mm -hmm. thing. Now, what I'm doing here in Thailand is they've got what they call an educational visa. Okay. 
which you can get, it can be anywhere from one to five years. And I'm not saying they're lenient on it, but there's a lot of different things that that can encompass. You could be taking language school. Okay. Or in my case, I used to fight Muay Thai, which is uh, kind of like oh. kickboxing, the, yep. but it's like yep. a Thai natural, national sport. So mm -hmm. you can get an educational visa to train Muay Thai. So as long as I go to a gym twice a week, I, I get a visa with unlimited entry and exit. And it's, you know, costs a little bit of money, but it's not that much. It's, it's, it's really not that bad. Well, any, any type of visa process residency, I mean, there's, there's a cost to it. Um, time finance. So, so there's always going to be that, but at least then it's that security of knowing you're legally allowed to be there. You come and go as much as you want. And if, again something crazy in the world happens you're okay because you have that uh, visa to stay yeah yeah and yeah that uh, i'm sorry go ahead no i was gonna say why why did you choose thailand or kind of and how long do you plan on staying there that's a really good question as well i don't <laughs> know uh okay. I, right now I'm, I'm checking out a lot of the different countries in the area. Uh, I'm going to go to Bali. I'm going to go to the Philippines. I'm going to go to Cambodia and kind of figure out what I like. However, I may end up going back to Mexico for a little bit and then coming back here. But I really, really like Thailand. I, I really do. It's like I, I've, I've been training Muay Thai since 1997. So it's been a long time. And mm -hmm. so I've got some familiarity with Thai culture and things like that. But one of the things that I've noticed here more than any other country I've been to is everybody is so nice. I mean, they call it the land of smiles and it's for a reason. So it's just, I appreciate the weather. I love the tropical stuff. The The water's beautiful. The Everything is gorgeous. People are nice. It's just, and cost of living in Southeast Asia is amazingly low for that was just gonna are... be my next question <laughs> how when you how go... is that and 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 let's just do like kind of a, a little bit of comparison maybe three ways if if we can I, I when was the last time you were in mexico uh earlier this year okay earlier in 2023 so, yeah so maybe if we can do a bit of a comparison of las vegas because you're home and where you, and you go back, so you you see people there and you know what the prices are. I was just in Denver and I couldn't believe, and and I was in Canada too. I'm like, oh my god. Um, but yeah. so let's kind of price compare from Vegas to where you were in Mexico to where you are now in in Thailand for the the cost of living of things. Okay, um, Vegas is very expensive. I don't think maybe it's quite on the level of like a Seattle, New York, or LA, but it is very, very expensive. Any sort of entertainment and rent has gone through the roof. Housing, everything is is super expensive. Um, I'll give you kind of a kind of an example that will cover all of those. Sure. When you go to Ho Chi Minh City or Saigon in Vietnam, mm -hmm. the most prominent building is called Landmark Eighty One. It's the tallest building in Vietnam. It's, I think, the 14th tallest building in the world. So it's, it's you can you can see it. And I was staying right downtown. 
And I had a friend of mine there and we went to have dinner there. We were going to go to a night market, but it was raining. So I was like, hey, I, I want to check out the views anyway. So I, I booked some a dinner up there. Now, this was on the 77th floor. Okay. And all the tables, steakhouse, all the tables surrounding the outside. So everybody has an amazing view of the entire city. High-end restaurant, probably one of the more expensive restaurants in Vietnam. So we had each had appetizers, salad, main course, dessert, and a couple drinks. And the entire tab with tip and everything was like $62.30. Crazy. Yeah. Now, if I had gone to this type of restaurant in Las Vegas, that would have been $500. Right. Easily. Easily. Mm -hmm. Now, if you go to a, a restaurant like that in Playa del Carmen, where I was, probably going to be about half that. So, you know, it's 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 like that sliding scale. I'd say Playa del Carmen in Mexico is expensive for Mexico, second only to Cabo. Okay. So you can, it's kind of a neat mix because you can still get really cheap street food that is delicious, but you can find yourself at a Harry's Steakhouse or some high-end restaurant where you can spend, you know, two, 300 bucks on a meal. So right. it's kind of in that middle ground. But here, like... Uh, it is crazy, crazy cheap. So would you say in kind of average, like average eating, um, is it cheaper to go out to eat or cook at home? Because I've heard some people say in some places that sometimes it is cheaper to eat out than it is at home. By the time you you buy the groceries and you cook it, it's almost the same price as eating out and you don't have to do the cooking and the cleaning and everything else. Yeah, and then not, not out. counting for that, you know, that, that great restaurant and, and everything, but just your, your average kind of lunch or average dinner. Average lunch or average dinner here in, in Thailand. And then I'm on, I'm on an island called Koh Samui. So it's a little touristy and a little bit more expensive than say like the Northern part of Thailand, like Chiang Mai or Chiang Rai. But I eat out three, four times a day. I don't, really cook here <laughs> you know i'll have oatmeal and protein powder in the morning but that's you know other than that i eat out or i order uh like delivery and it's like i just had a really good thai dish home cooked big meal with a, a thai iced tea uh, literally before i came on the podcast and it was like four dollars and fifty cents at a restaurant so i mean can yeah. you even get coffee in north america for that no i think starbucks no, is not. at <laughs> least that yes it, it, it if you go to a starbucks in i don't know i know vegas uh yeah you're looking at six bucks for a venti whatever mm -hmm. and i got a whole That's meal good. with the drink and everything else so it's, it's very similar. I was just um, at a conference in um, Denver, Colorado, and a glass of wine at the hotel. Well, I got two glasses of wine with tip, I think was 42 US dollars. And I couldn't believe it for two glasses of wine because so just say like 20, $20 for a glass each. If I was in Spain, I could have if it was lunchtime, I could have the what they call the menu of the day. So an appetizer, entree, a glass of wine, 
Um, I could probably, and it comes with coffee or dessert, but I could probably have dessert and order coffee and pay a little extra on top of that for equal to or less than that $20. So I just thought like, that's a whole meal in Spain and it's one glass of wine in yeah. Denver. Yeah, it's crazy. And that's one thing I love about Europe. Like when I was in France and I was in Spain earlier this year as well, wine is so cheap and good wine. Yeah, it is. Good wine. It's amazing. Because it I, I do like wine. And uh I remember getting bottles of good stuff in France for like 10 bucks US. I was like, oh, oh, oh yeah, for sure. For sure. This is this is a problem. <laughs> well, and sometimes it's it can be a bottle of, of wine. Like if you if you go out, a glass of wine or a bottle of water, the wine can sometimes be equal or cheaper in some places. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. You know, it's... when I went back to the U.S. in 2018, some friends of, I went back to Vegas, some friends of mine visited and we decided to go out. We went to a club called Omni at Caesars Palace. I'm not a big nightclub guy anymore. I'm not, I'm way past that stage in my life, but you know, they want to go out. So we went there and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go to the bar. I'll get us drinks. So it was him, his wife and me. So it was three drinks mm -hmm. and I order them. And the guy's like, do you want small glasses or big glass? Well, well, give me the bigger glass. Cool. Well, three, three drinks, like 150 bucks. I'm like, mm -hmm. excuse me. <laughs> I've been in Mexico for drinks. five years. I wasn't ready for that. It was $150 for three drinks. Now, they were decent-sized glasses, but $150. Oh, my gosh. I was not prepared for that. <laughs> I would not be prepared for that either. I'd be like, what did what did you put in these drinks? Like, I know. I was used to paying three bucks a beer in Mexico, and I was like, I'm, I yeah. can't tell to put it back in the bottle, so I paid it, and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, it's like, well, let's, you know, drink these slow because they're going to last all night. Yep. And next round's not on me. That's on you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy. I just, like, sometimes I think, how do people afford to live in North America? Like, with, with prices like that, I just wonder, like, of course, there's a lot of people that make a lot of money and there's a lot of people that don't make a lot of money. Um but you just, you can't even go out or you go out like what once, once a month kind of thing. I just, just because I think, I guess it is what it is. And I, I've had people say, well, it's just what the prices are. We're just used to it. And, and I just think it's crazy, I guess, because I have the comparison of Europe and even what's considered expensive in Europe is still not as expensive as it is in in just um like a casual chain restaurant in north america yeah yeah like if you take two people and you have lunch at like tgi fridays or applebee's or something you're looking at 50 bucks minimum for mm -hmm. two people there's right. just no getting around it and and like 50 bucks in spain or mexico or vietnam goes like you get way better than tgis oh yeah and just for you know another comparison's sake, like I was talking to that friend of mine. She's a native of of Vietnam. She grew up in in Ho Chi Minh City, and yeah, uh, you know, there's a lot of lot of really poor people in Vietnam. There's a there's a big gap between the haves and the haves nots. But 
your your kind of lower end average family can buy groceries for the family for a hundred bucks a week. You're not That's doing that in North America. No, no, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, it's 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 really difficult, especially when you're used to it and used to prices like these. Because I know I'm going to be going back to probably the U.S. for maybe Christmas and things like that to visit family, and it's going to be a shock. The budget, they're the budget for that because it's it's going to be. A lot. I generally go back to Canada once a year, um, and I've been doing that. I left in 2011. Um, and at first I was going back. So when I first moved to Costa Rica, I went back probably three, four, five times the first year, then a bit less the second. Um, and I'm now down to once a year and I'm to the point of, do I really need to go back once a year? I mean, people can come visit me, all my friends, their kids are all older now. Um, you know, they're, they're almost all adults and stuff. So part of me is thinking now I get it. It's far, but I've been, you know, I've, I've been doing it every year for 12 years now, 13 years almost. And part of me thinks I don't need to keep going back every single year. No, no. I mean, honestly, my parents are are getting on in years and they're having some health problems and stuff like that. But that's that's probably the realistically speaking, that's probably the only thing that keeps me going back regularly. Mm -hmm. My brothers and sisters, I love seeing them. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking any smack here right. but it's it's one of those things where you know I, I don't have you don't have that sense of urgency like when your parents start to get older right you know? and maybe that's maybe that's the wrong attitude uh you spend all the time with the people you love now but like you said people can come visit me too you know i've been going back every single year i left when i was 17 so i've been wow. going back once or twice a year for 30 some years Right. So, yeah, it's it's interesting, and and too, I mean, when I lived in Costa Rica, I did have people come visit, and and I had some come visit, and they they enjoyed that, and that was nice. Um, but in recent years, not so much, and obviously the pandemic was a chunk of those years because of everything closing down different times and what was allowed. But even during the pandemic, I was still able to get back to Canada every year. My my yeah. timing kind of worked out where the one country opened and because I had residency and obviously being a Canadian citizen, um, it worked out a few times though my flights were delayed and my three week stay ended up being six weeks, but wasn't the worst thing. I still got there, still visited, still then got back home. So it it did work out. But yeah, it's it's a little bit tough of that balancing act of of course we want to see family and friends. Um but also they can they can come visit us as well. And it's a vacation for them and we can show them all the cool, neat things in the country. And so it's it's almost better because they're not trying to figure it all out for themselves. You know, we've been in places for however many years. We know the places to go, the ones that are worth seeing, um, the good places, the places to avoid. Uh, and it's it's kind of nice, I think, to to have our friends and family come to us and experience those things as well. It really is. I like my, my youngest brother came down and visited me when I was in Playa and that was a blast. I, I didn't really expect it. Um, Cause I don't think he might be the only sibling I have with a passport, but he got it just oh. to come see me. 
So okay, I was surprised, but yeah, it was really fun because I, you know, I'd been there for several years. I knew the lay of the land. I could bring him to all the cool spots. We had an absolute blast. It was so much fun when he came down. I find too, when I go back to visit and, and with talking with other people as well, that when we do see our family and our friends, that that connection is better. We have more quality time together because, you know, when you're living somewhere, you think, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll meet up next week or, oh, yeah, next week. Oh, next week. And, and when we think about how much time that we actually spend with our family and friends, and I, I know that there's some people that see their friends every week and see their parents every day. And, and of course, there's some people like that, which is fine. Um, but if we think of our, our average friends and if everybody looked at how much time they actually spend with their friends and family throughout the year. And then if they're gone and you're visiting for, I usually go for four to six weeks is kind of my, my average time when I fly all the way back to Canada. Cause it's, it's far. Yeah. Um, and so I think I actually spend more quality time and perhaps even more hours with them in that time than if it's spread throughout the year. You know, I, I would agree with that. Because you're focused on just that. You're not taking the time for granted. And when I, I left Mexico earlier this year, uh, when did I leave Mexico? March, something like that. And I knew I was going to be going to Asia. So I knew you know that that quick quick trip wasn't going to happen anymore. So I wanted to make sure I got some spend some time with my family, especially mom and mom and dad. So I went back home for what was it? just over two months. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it was absolutely amazing time because a lot of the times that I go home, especially when I was living in Mexico, I'd fly in and it might be four or five days for Christmas or Thanksgiving or somebody's birthday or wedding or, or whatever it is. And, you know, it's everything is so hustle and bustle and you you see a lot mm -hmm. of people, but you don't spend any quality time with them. And that's one thing that I really enjoyed. Like that two, two, two and a half months, whatever it was, was really special to me because I got to actually, you know, spend time. My brother and I took the Harleys out and rode around. My dad and I re-roofed a shed. You know, we 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 had that bonding time and, and I actually got to spend some quality time, which is honestly it's priceless. I hadn't done that in years. Right. No, I, I think it's great. Every time I go back to, I always make sure that I get one-on-one -on -one time with everyone. And of course there's group things as well, but I, I always make it a point to make sure I have that one-on-one -on -one time um, with every with everyone, just because then it is that better quality time. Yeah, actually that, that experience kind of changed the way that I plan on visiting home now. When I go home, I'm gonna make sure I go for at least like a month. That way I can, you know, get that quality time. And, you know, my, my brothers and sisters, I grew up in Minnesota, like I said, my brothers and sisters all live in Minnesota, but they're kind of spread out within the state. Mm -hmm. So I got one brother that's, you know, a couple hours, three hours or whatever, north of my mom and dad. I got one sister who's four hours south, you know, so they're they're all over the place. But this way I could, you know, I went down, you know, southern Minnesota and stayed with them for a weekend and rode horses and we did all that stuff. And then I, you know, I got to go and visit everybody, which was really, really cool because I yeah. wasn't rushed for time yeah exactly and that that brings me actually to a an interesting um thought for maybe some people and, and i'm gonna ask you so because even though they're all in minnesota so they're all in the u.s all even within the state how often are they 
getting together and seeing each other being even three to four hours away because I know some people are oh well you live so far and you're moving or oh I'm worried that I won't see my grandkids or my children or you know my friends um because we're far far away and obviously we are very far away right now but I'm I'm curious to how often if you're aware that they actually see each other and they're we would say considering how far we are only three to four hours away from each other that's a really good question because when we were talking about this earlier, I was thinking like, wow, yeah, we went back every six months when I was in Mexico or so, give or take. But with the the brothers and sisters that are the furthest away, they a lot of times they'd come see me and that'd be the first time my parents saw them since the last time I was home. Right. Now I've got I've got one brother that lives, him, he and his wife, they live it's probably about a 15 minute drive for them to go to my mom and dad's. So they make it a practice of going to probably if not once a week, then once every two weeks and having dinner on Sunday or, or something like mm -hmm. that. But, you know, everybody's got their own lives. Everybody's busy. They got families, they've got jobs, they've got this, they've got that. And ultimately I probably stay in as close a contact as everybody else through, you know, social media and messenger and leaving WhatsApp audios and all those different types of ways that you can communicate these days. Hmm. Yeah. It was just when you mentioned it, I just thought, Oh, that's a great thing to bring up because a lot of people who are considering moving full-time, part-time um, they, that's a concern that they're, they're so far away. They won't see their family, but even if they are, you know, a few hours away to think about, well, how, how often are they really spending that time seeing family and, and closest friends? Yeah, I think. So sometimes when we're actually... gone further, we actually spend more time when we come back. Like I'll go back, as I said, I spend at least uh, a month to six weeks on, on average. And I'm making sure that I'm, I'm spending the night with different friends, different, um, I've got a few different girlfriends where I'll, I'll stay at their place. And so we've had the evening I stay, you know, maybe I'll stay two or three days and we really have that full, full amount of time. And then of course, as you said, there's all the social media to keep up with or video call. My friend messaged me the other day. She's like, call me when you're up because of, of time zone. Um, and so when we're video calling and things, uh, it doesn't seem that far away. Even one time I remember I, when I was living in Costa Rica, I can't remember friend of mine said, she's like, we need to drink. <laughs> I thought, oh my gosh, what's going on? And so I said, okay. And um, I bought a bottle of wine and she had, I think a bottle of wine. She was in Canada. I was in Costa Rica and we video called and had some wine. And it was like, we were together, but not, not quite. It's not exactly the right. same, but it still feels the same. So I don't feel like I'm gone for a full year before I see them again. Yeah, I like that. Kind of have your little girls night out on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it's great. Or sometimes, I think one time though, I was further away, so she was having a drink. She's like, what are you drinking? And I'm, I'm having coffee. It's like seven o'clock in the morning here. So you have your you drink, I'll have coffee. <laughs> I put a little Bailey's in the coffee, but you know. Oh yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, the the time differential here in Southeast Asia, I'm exactly 12 hours off of Central Time in the U.S. where my family's at. Mm -hmm. 
not bad. I think that the difference in time zones has messed up my communication with family and friends much more than any distance has. Mm. If that makes any sense, because yeah. now I've got to be very cognizant of, okay, I don't want to call. Okay. It's, let me see. It's nine o'clock here. Okay. Nine o'clock in the morning. Okay, good. Yeah. I can <laughs> kind of mm -hmm. figure it out before you just didn't really realize, you know, living in Mexico, you know, I spent time in Belize, Colombia, you know, different, but it's all in the same sort of time zone. Yeah, it's within a, an hour or so kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes so the really same put time. Much thought into it. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes right. the same time. Yeah. That's, it's going to be actually, an extra but you know, layer. being, being in Europe right now, I love the difference for my daily routine because my clients are generally in North America. So I get up in the morning and I have a great routine. I meditate, I exercise, eat. Um, read a little bit, like I do what I want to do, then get into doing a bit of work. I probably start work around noon. Um, and I don't really start having meetings with anybody till probably close to one o'clock in the afternoon for me. And I'll, I'll go to about seven, maybe eight sometimes for meetings and then wrap up what I, what I need to finish up. And for me, I love starting the day that way. And when I was back in North America, um, it was just so different of getting up and it's like, oh, I got a meeting in an hour. Oh, I've got, and I don't like it to be perfectly honest. <laughs> like I like having kind of a, a slower paced morning and doing some stuff, getting things done and then getting into work kind of at that noontime and working longer. For me, I, you know, it's it's been a bit of an adjustment, but I absolutely love it now. And when I went back, and everything was kind of on the same time. I just thought, oh, I'm not I'm not oh. liking this. Get up and be up for an hour. And and I'm up fairly early. I'm generally up around 6 a.m. So I just know I like I like having a nice morning routine, which I'm, I'm still busy. I'm doing stuff. It's not like I'm sleeping until 10 or anything like that. I'm still getting up at about six and starting my day. But I get so much things that I need to do or want to do before I really get into all of those work things that then drag out into sometimes late in the evening. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's takes some getting used to, mm -hmm. but there's, there's pros and cons to it, honestly, because mm -hmm. when I lived in Las Vegas or Phoenix, I was on the, on the West coast. Mm -hmm. So what I do with clients all over the U S I, I was very regimented, very disciplined up at 4.30 in the gym. That way I could take time, you know, eat right, do everything before everything kicked in at whatever, eight o'clock in the morning or whatever it was because eight o'clock in the morning on the West Coast is still 11 o'clock in the morning on East Coast. So mm -hmm. I would get at it. I would get at it early. I would, everything was super structured and it was good. And I, I didn't, I don't, I'm not a morning person. I, I do not like getting up in the morning. But I thrive on making myself, you know, having that discipline and that structure, mm -hmm. it, it works for me. Here, I'm all over the board because sometimes I'll, I'll get off doing like podcasts at three o'clock in the morning, my time, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's like when you sent me your calendar and I was like six o'clock in the evening for me though, well, this is beautiful. This is nice. <laughs> so, it was, but yeah, it, it's because I you can sleep. I end up sleeping in, which is fine. And then I have this big chunk in the day where there's absolutely nothing going on. Cause it's 
middle of the night in the U.S. So you either have to do right. stuff early in the morning or late at night There's, or mm -hmm. separate sometimes both. Like I had stuff to do this morning at seven and then I have stuff to do this evening. So it's a little weird. I think I think Europe would be kind of a nice sweet spot nice in sweet between. Spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> It is. And there's there's many wonderful places to to live in in Europe. I I do want to check out more of Asia. Um, it is it is kind of pulling me to to see more and check it out. I do love being in Europe, though, the the time zones and everything works well. And, and I just I just love the the lifestyle and ease of travel and the cheapness of it. And it's just many, many things that I, I love about being in Europe. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I haven't spent that kind of time in Europe. I've been to France, Spain, but you know, only for a couple of weeks at a time. So I don't really, Right. you get an idea, but you don't really get a feeling for it. All, right. all I know is it's going to be really tough for me on the cost of living. Because when I was in, like I, for this place, I, I, I'm grossly overpaying for it at about 600 bucks a month. And I'm right in the middle of everything. Uh, when I was in Vietnam, I had a high-rise condo with a view of the entire downtown. Uh, it was a corner unit, so I had a view of the downtown out of two windows. It was absolutely nice. amazing. Guard-gated, concierge, like gym, pool, multiple pools, the whole bit. I also was grossly overpaying for that at like six fifty, or no, it was like six ninety for a month. I'm sure people who are listening who are in North America are like, what? That's about overpaying. But I, I get it. Oh. When, you're, when we're in a certain place compared to, to other things, it is overpaying. But what we get, it's still to us, it's so cheap. Yeah. Well, because I went through Airbnb. It's just easier. But if I had boots on the ground, I was going to stay there. Then I would go find a local person to help me find a long-term rental. And instead of paying, you know, almost 700 bucks for the month, I'm probably down in that 450 or 500 range. Probably. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. not cheaper. So I don't yeah. know. I, I do like the flexibility of Airbnb and mm -hmm. all that. But when I find a place that I like, right now I'm just kind of kind of bouncing around trying to find where my vibe is at. And um, we'll see. But when I find a place, You're... then I'll do a long term. It'll be much cheaper even. But you are aware that there is no perfect place. I don't I'm believe aware. that there is a perfect place because there's always some type of give and take. I've I've right. traveled a lot. I've been to a lot of countries. Um, I'm still looking for my quote perfect place, and I've come to the conclusion that it really doesn't exist. There will be close to, but there's always going to be some type of give up, and and that give could even be just time zone. Right, like maybe yeah. every, everything else is really great, love it, but the the time zone or um rainy season is really long and there's like hurricanes and typhoons and things like that don't like earthquakes i mean so there's always there, there's going to be something that uh that that's going to be a cons. bit of a, of a give and take absolutely yeah pros and cons to everything like i discovered a, a con last night because i absolutely adore asian food i love thai food i love Vietnamese food, I love it. But last night I had a craving for pizza. Wow. And I went searching around here. Like I'm in the middle of the you know, busy area. So there's a ton of restaurants around here. Mm -hmm. I found a place that was pizza and it was kind of Italian. And I was like, okay, is it good? 
They're like, oh, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I was like, of course they're going <laughs> to. Yeah, of course it is. I'm like, I'm picky. And it was serviceable at best, but you know, oh, <laughs> you so can't so have it all. <laughs> no, see, that's that's one of the things. So it's like when you you go back to the states or 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 other travels, I I always have certain foods that I eat in certain countries because they taste better or it's just not as good um, where I'm living or or traveling to. So, um, but sometimes I am still disappointed with that. When I was in Denver, I wanted eggs Benedict. I was like, oh, I'm leaving the hotel. I'm gonna have eggs Benedict. It's gonna be so delicious. Yeah, and I was so disappointed with it. It was uh, okay. Like uh, I've had better eggs Benedict in Spain than I did at the hotel in Denver. I was very disappointed with it. That's sad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was very sad. Yeah, I was but, really you know, spoiled. Yeah, I was gonna say I was really spoiled in Vegas because. There are so many different types of food. I was eating Vietnamese food at least once or twice a week. I was eating Thai food all the time. You could get Indian food. It was amazing. You could get, mm-hmm. obviously, American, Italian, anything that you wanted. And it was good. Yeah. So now I'm here, and Thai food is probably a little bit better than it was there. But there's so many other foods that I can't get really good ones. <laughs> so Right. Right. Yeah. So it's 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 everything in life. It's all, everything is a, is some type of give and take, some pros and cons. Um, we can never really truly have it all because we, we have to give up something to, to have something else. But it's just figuring out what, what we really don't need, what's really not that important, and really what are those kind of deal breakers or, or things that are non-negotiables for us. And then focusing on those non-negotiables, narrowing it down by that, and then those other negotiables, well, we hope for the best. Yeah. No, you can always, what I'm thinking of doing is maybe having a place in a couple different places because- That's actually my ideal. The best that's, of both world. that's what I'm striving for. I'm I'm really striving to have three places, um, one in, in three different countries. So I can travel to them in very different places. So probably, definitely something in Europe, um, probably something somewhere in Asia. Um, I'm debating a little bit the Middle East, Dubai. I've got a friend there who absolutely loves it there. I've got to see I've not been myself. I haven't traveled in Africa at all. And, I, you know, there's good places and there's not so great places right, right. now. Um, and then the Americas, I mean... You know, I mean, it's it's closer to, to Canada, so, but it's, I don't know, maybe Central or South America there. I haven't traveled too much in the South, but uh, I did spend four years in Costa Rica, which was beautiful. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of trying to then, then figure it out. But definitely, I think for sure, Europe, um, probably somewhere in Asia, um, because I love the tropics and the warm weather. Like, I hate the cold. Absolutely hate yeah. it. I won't go anywhere when it's cold. Um, I complain when I have to go back to Canada for Christmas for a couple of weeks. And that time I'll only do two weeks. But I'm like, no, it's yeah. cold. I don't want to be here. <laughs> I do like five days in the wintertime. I'm like, mm, that's it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I, I, so. Thailand is definitely, Thailand is one of my spots for sure. Um, now I've got to spend some more time in Bali because that might, oh. it might be Thailand, might be Bali. I don't know. One of those two. Right. Um on this island, 
Koh Samoy. It's really neat. It probably looks somewhat similar to Costa Rica because you've got the water, beach, and then jungle going into like hills and mountains. So it's got that sort of vibe to it. Yeah. And like I was on a beach today doing a, a photo shoot and trying to get some, you know, more relaxed headshots and stuff. The photographer took me to this beach. It was kind of secluded, but all up in the mountains, there were just houses and villas so that you could just have this whole view of the bay. And I was like, I know they're spendy, but uh, maybe just a condo up there where you get that view, you know? Right, right. So beautiful. It is just breathtaking here. Nice, nice. Well, Steve, if you were to give our listeners a piece of advice about moving abroad, if they're a little unsure, a little worried about it, what what kind of advice would you give them? Face your fears, mm. whatever those may be. It, you know, I, it, coming from the U.S., you know, we unfortunately there are a lot of people in the U.S. who are kind of stuck there, and they don't travel that much outside of the US. And I hear that from a lot of my friends, even like when I went to Mexico, like, oh my God, you're going to die. You know, <laughs> I know, I know. Um, it's got to get out and experience it. And the, the biggest piece of advice I would say is don't go to a damn resort. Mm-hmm. Stay, stay out somewhere. Okay. Don't don't be stupid. Make sure you know where you're staying, but get an Airbnb in a good spot. Um, get off the resort. Don't don't a resort. It doesn't matter if you're in Florida or Hawaii or Costa Rica or Mexico or Thailand. the resorts are nice. and They get a big pool and they got restaurants. You're not traveling. That's not right. traveling. Get out, spend some time in where the locals are mm-hmm. and kind of get into the culture. And there are going to be things that are going to shock you and things that are going to be like, oh my God, it's going to be really, for a lot of people getting out of their comfort zone. But I promise you it's worth it. I promise you. Even, you know, even me, I've traveled, I've traveled a lot. I've lived abroad a lot. And I still see, like when I was in Vietnam, you have never seen traffic like there is in Ho Chi Minh City. And it's scooters. And it is insane. You, I was like, oh, I had never seen anything like it. It was absolute chaos. I couldn't make heads or tails of what was going on. I was white knuckling in the taxi on the way to the Airbnb. I was like, what the? And I remember it was funny because uh, that uh, I have a friend, a good friend of mine in Phoenix, and she has a cousin in Ho Chi Minh City. So she introduced us and she, oh, she'll show you around. I'm like, cool. I got kind of some boots in the ground. Right. I remember we were walking down the sidewalk and we came to a street and there were just scooters flying by. And I stopped and she was like, what are you doing? I'm like, eh, I don't want to die. So she's like, no, she just grabbed my hand. And she just walked. All these scooters are hauling ass and she just walked. And that's the thing there in Vietnam is you just walk across the street and the scooters will go around you full speed where you get in Mm -hmm. trouble is if you stop Stop. or you hesitate. Because they're not expecting you to stop and they're seeing and they're timing the, the going as to which way they need to go. Exactly. So you just gotta 
go. So you just got to go. There's things that are going to make you uncomfortable. There's things that are going to be different from wherever you are at, but the experience is so fulfilling and so rich when you travel, like you cannot help, but come away from it a better person. That's perfect. I, and I, I completely agree. So I want to thank you very much for your time today. I'm sure our listeners got a lot of valuable information and I really appreciate you sharing your stories with us. I hope so. It was fun. I appreciate you having me on. It was fun.